Pastor Ken couldn't be here today. <laughs> um, it's, it's funny how things work out in life. You know, they don't always go as planned, do they? So a gremlin, for lack of a better word, got into our sound system. So today, the only thing that is working for those that are using uh, the ear sets and so forth is uh, the lectern. So. We're gonna do a new uh, Christmas tradition and everything's gonna be done from right here. Is that all right with everybody? All right. I don't have an inside voice, as many of you know, but um, again, it, it doesn't pick up on the mic, so uh, bear with us on there. Welcome. Peace be with you. Happy birthday, Jesus. Huh? Amen, amen. We have some announcements to make, but I won't do that because I got here late uh, coming, and so I don't know if you noticed that, but we're seven minutes behind schedule here. But here are some wonderful announcements in here. Um, we do have a 7 p.m. Uh, evening service tonight. I also understand, and this is very important, that there will be some more tamales for sale uh, after the service around 10.30, right? So that's a good thing. And yeah, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, it sounds like you're getting some tamales, buddy. All right. And um, is there anything, Ed, that I'm missing on that? There probably is. I, there always is, isn't there? Well, let us just stand, and we're going to be singing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And my family is going to help light the wreath tonight, or the, the last of the Advent candles. And... Uh, it is this morning, not tonight.
I think we might have had a little Christmas miracle. Thank you, soundboard. We come together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us confess our sins to God, our most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, we've been changing things up a little bit. You just confessed sin and you just were forgiven, absolved of all of your sin by what Jesus did for you on the cross. And for his sake, for Jesus' sake, God forgives you all of your sins. And by his authority, and as your ordained servant of Christ, in his name, I therefore declare that all of your sins have been forgiven in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That matters. Now, what are we to do with that? Well, we're to forgive others. And at this time, I'd like to call for you to share the peace with those that are around you. Sharing of the peace is a blessing upon other people. So let us share the peace.
<laughs> you just noticed that, Ken? <laughs> we, uh, uh, well, here we go. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come and help us by your might, that the sins which weigh us down may be quickly lifted by your grace and mercy. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Our first reading this morning 
is 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 11, and verse 16, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 480. 2 Samuel 7, 1 through 11, and 16. After the king was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all of his enemies around him, he said to Nathan, the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan, Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it. For the Lord is with you. But that night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelled in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I've been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Whatever I move with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then tell my servant David, that this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did in the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all of your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. Our house in your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. We will read Psalm 80, 89 verses one through five responsively, and please see page six of the bulletin. Psalm 89, one through five. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever with my mouth, and I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. You said I've made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will serve him with my 
The heavens praise your wonders, Lord, your faithfulness too, in the assembly of the holy ones. The third reading is from Romans chapter 16, verses 25 through 27, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1769. Romans 16, 25 through 27. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Here ends the reading. This is the word of God, the Lord. Gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning does come from St. Luke, the first chapter, verses 26 through 38, and it's found on page 1588 in your pew Bible. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. 
And then the angel left her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. At this time, I'd like to call up the children that are in here that would like to come up and have a little chat. Hey, buddy. Good to see you again. Merry Christmas. Hello, little sister. Merry Christmas. Howdy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Good Merry Christmas there, David. Yeah. All right, let go of my hand. Let go of my hand. No, really. All right. Sam, do you want to do it? Do what? The sermon today? No? no you're, okay, I'm just kidding you. Next time. All right. Well, did you hear the part in the gospel that we just read and the angel said his name shall be, it be Jesus? Isn't that great? You know, when your names were um, being picked out, you know, the, uh, there's books of names for kids, and uh, they have meanings attached to them. Do you guys know what your name means? David? Uh, my name means beloved, I think. Beloved, yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. Sam, do you have any idea what yours is? Okay, well, here's a project tonight when you go home to mom and dad's or grandma and grandpa's is have them look up your name to see what it means, and then I want to know what, it, what, you, what you find out, okay? All right. Um, my name, Ken, means wise and handsome. <laughs> you laugh. Look it up. Right, Ken? Ken in the back, right? Huh? High five, guys, from far away. It really does. Here's uh, some of the names that, uh, that John is uh, God-gave or God-given. Mary means the perfect one. Caleb, faithful, bold. Alex or Alexis is helper. Michael or Michaela is one who is like God. Uh, Elizabeth is God's promise. Daniel or Danielle is God is my judge. Now, here's the thing. When Mary and Joseph, they had their baby, they didn't go to a bookstore and look it up. They didn't have uh, Google and say, you know, what's a really good name, you know? You know, Gertrude or Blanche or something like that. No, they didn't, they didn't do that. And why? Because the angel already told them what the baby's name is going to be. They knew that they were going to have a baby, and they weren't given the choice to choose the name themselves, and God sent his uh, angel to tell Mary. You know one of the interesting things about angels is that every time they show up, do you know what they say? They go, don't be afraid. I guess it's not something that we see every day, and I imagine we might go, you know, whoa, right? Or, ah! But they say, don't be afraid. I bring good news to you. And he says, not only that, he says, you are favored, favored by God. And here's this this girl in a town that isn't really very, you know, special in and of itself. And she has been given favor by God. And they named him Jesus. You got any idea what Jesus means? Can you take a guess? Well, he is the Holy Son, but it means the Lord saves. Yeah, huh? Ah, did anyone else out there go, ah, Jesus, 
the name by which, the only name which saves. Kind of makes sense now why we don't take that name in vain. Smack your finger with a hammer, you don't say, ah, Buddha, right? (laughs) No. Neither should we say that in vain. And you know what vain means? It means kind of like cursing or just not using... Jesus saves. That's a name that has power and authority, a name above all names. All right? So you're going to find out what your name means today when you go home? When you go to Granny and Papa's? Okay. That's what we call Grandma and Grandpa around our place, Granny and Papa. We like banjo music too, but that's another thing. All right. Well, let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Father, Thank you for sending your son during the season when we celebrate his birth. Help us to remember that there is salvation in the name of Jesus. In his name we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday, Jesus. There you go. Dip it in there, buddy. Remember your baptism. Atta boy. All right. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Does anyone have problems with uh, the P words? I don't know. What is the P word, Pastor Ken? I'm talking about the P words being um, peace and patience and perseverance. Are those words easy? Peace, patience, and perseverance. So Ken is at peace. Ken is always patient. Is my nose getting longer? Ken always perseveres. Now put your name there. Does it work for you too? This morning in our reading, uh, first, or 2 Samuel, there's a promise there. It says, your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever. There's some real peace. Now what was going on at this time when Samuel was writing this? Though they had sinned, he's pointing the people out, though they had sinned egregiously, God is faithful. He goes further to say he will establish kingdoms. Maybe not the kingdom that you and I would have thought of, you know, a nice cushy place, you know. He established kingdoms. And as we know further, the Uh, people of Israel were in the kingdoms established by God. Babylonia. That place was not a lot of yucks. Right? But he establishes all kingdoms. And he protects his people. And he always acts in their best interest, no matter where they are. Now, maybe you are in the United States of America, hardly a kingdom, but it's a pretty nice place to be in, right? But there's other places that we hear about uh, in, in the news that are a real good place for those who believe in Christ. But God is still with those people that are Christians in these countries where they are uh, being oppressed. 
God still is control of the oppressors. God used, if we look back in the Old Testament, he used Pharaoh pretty powerfully, didn't he? Again, it wasn't a lot of yucks being a Jew under Pharaoh's reign. He wanted to wipe them out. And God delivered him. There is some real peace in knowing that God is in control. The psalm written by David. David says, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. David was the shepherd of the sheep, the ruler of Israel. And he knew and we know that enemies cannot destroy cannot destroy the people that the Lord protects. A shepherd and a ruler sings out. So also in the church, the Lord provides the church with a fortification, a mighty fortress, if you will, through his gospel, preaching and proclaiming the gospel. What is that? In simple terms, It's Christ and him crucified. That's what the church is about. The church is preaching Christ, nothing more, nothing less, and him crucified, nothing more, nothing less. Now I could go through and give you eight steps to a better prayer life, but not in the service. If you want to do it on a Wednesday night, we'll go through it. But in this service, it my job for you, to you, is to love you, to point you to Jesus and what he did on the cross, and to not push. The Holy Spirit does the gospel. David showed patience. David had a tough time as a ruler. His own family was trying to kill him. But he knew God is faithful. Romans reminds us to persevere. Stand fast, Paul tells us. Be immovable. And he caps it off with grace, which is a gift through faith, which is a gift. And we're not to waver like the waves of the sea. Three P's, peace, patience, and perseverance. Okay, I got that part. How do we manage that? What does that look like? Well, it looks like a drag (laughs) without one essential element. Didn't Jesus say that my yoke is easy and my burden is light? You guys remember that? My yoke is easy, my burden is light. It's like, well, great, but you're not carrying my yoke might be sitting there, yeah, I appreciate that, Ken, you know, you're, you're not carrying my yoke. None of this matters without the fourth P. And the fourth P is promise. Promise. What promises does God keep? One more time, what promises does God keep? You know, we're a little bit about like Israel. Let's just think, you know, Israel, the people, 
and put it into you. Maybe I won't put it into you. I'll put it into me. How about me? Let's talk about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> I think you're kind of boring right now, Pastor Ken. I've had challenges. I've had places where I felt like I was backed up against the Dead Sea with no way out. I've had challenges with uh, sickness. You see, I've also ran from God. God pursued his people. His people were like an unfaithful bride to him. Imagine that. An unfaithful husband. He longed for them. He longed to just hold on to them and give them the good stuff. And every once in a while they'd come back, just like you and me, and say, oh yes, we will obey your every commandment. And then they'd rebel again. And then he longed and he longed and he gathered them back. And then they rebel. It's like, gosh, you, know, you get it right and then you blow it. And you get it right and you blow it. And you get it right and you blow it. Anyone feel like their life's kind of like that? It doesn't matter if you feel like you deserve it. Or it doesn't matter if you think that what you did deserves that punishment. Some things aren't, there's no way to explain. Terminal illness, cancer, unemployment, lack of employment, depression, Children that don't behave. <laughs> I don't have that problem. No. Sorry, John. He's giving me that look. Why? Why does it happen? Well, it's sin. But God promised to bring us through that. God promised to save the world. God's promise is going to be celebrated at the birth of a baby, a little baby named Jesus. God's promise is found in the gospel. God's promise is found in our obedience. Mary said, let it be so. She was scared, but she said, let it be so. God's promise is found in acceptance. I'm good at wanting to change things. I tell you what, you know, I see something and I can look at all the faults and go, okay, well, it'd be better if it was this, 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 and this. Well, God doesn't ask us for advice on how to change things. He says, accept, have peace, be patient, persevere. I keep my promise. And lastly, surrender. How easy is it to surrender? For the guys out there that used to hang out, maybe they had older brothers and all that, you know, you never surrendered. It used to be called uncle. Uncle, or I give, or pinned. We've been raised to think that the only way that we can have victory is if we keep struggling, struggle, struggle, struggle. So this is counter to what we would think logically in our minds here is that you mean I got to surrender to have peace? To have patience? To have perseverance? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. Realizing that the promise is already kept and already experienced. The promise has already been kept. God kept his promise. After the third chapter of Genesis, after they had taken a bite of the apple and, and Satan said, you know what? 
you, sh- you should go ahead and eat it. He just doesn't want you to be like you. You, you know, you guys deserve more. He's just, you know, you, it's okay. They slipped. From that point up until the birth of Jesus is God's redemption plan. You've heard me say every jot and tittle points to Jesus. Throughout this Advent season where we wear blue, and you know, some of you haven't been here, but the fact of the matter is this isn't blue as in blue Christmas. It's blue as blue as the, the, the color of hope. And we further explain that to hope is assurance. Not, gee, I hope I don't run into traffic today. The assurance is that God has kept his promise. How does that look? Well, knowing God keeps his promise gives us the strength through the Holy Spirit to accept things tested and proven. Tested and proven. What does that mean? Several years ago, Tracy and I held our son and he passed away in our arms. Many of you would say, I can't imagine anything worse. Well, in God's economy, he grieves the same over that loss that we had as he does with what you're going through right now. He doesn't grieve more for us than he does any of you. But he does ask for you to trust him to give peace. Trust him to give you patience. Trust him to give you perseverance. And why? Because God keeps his promises. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Will you please stand? And let us confess our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed, which are found on page three of your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate with the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He is spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for all people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Dear Lord, in the time of preparation, that time is almost over and your visitation is near. Keep us focused on the gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. May it bring about the obedience of faith in us and all who hear your word this season. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you continue to provide pastors for your church to proclaim the coming of your Son. Be with all professional church workers as they work to serve your people with the gifts of the word and the sacrament. Allow them to boldly speak the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages but has now been disclosed. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of nations, look with mercy upon Donald, our president, and Jerry, our governor, and all those who make, make and administer and judge our laws. May they use their authority wisely and according to your will. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we thank you for those who look out for our well-being and protect us from harm. Give your blessing and protection to the police, to firefighters, to medical workers, to the members of our armed forces, and to all first responders whose vocations put them on the front lines of danger, trouble, and disaster. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, nothing is impossible with you. 
You sent your son into the world to be the great physician of body and soul. Give to all who are ill. Give them comfort and healing. And if it be your will, give them patience and trust that come what may, you are with them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, even as we prepare to celebrate the birth of your son, he comes to us in the sacrament of the altar. May all who receive the bread and wine, that is, the body and blood of Jesus, do so for the strengthening of faith and for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, while we await the coming of your son, we remember with thanksgiving those who were before us in the faith and are now with you. Keep and persevere us in the one true faith to life everlasting until you bringing us together with them into your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. And into your hands we commend to you all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated.
Will you please stand? Pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer, through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes again to judge the world in righteousness. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant, glorious coming again. Let us now pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. You, you may be seated. The sacrament of the altar is for all who confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If that is your confession today, then come. The table is prepared. The ushers will escort you forward. David, can you help me?
Will you please stand? I, uh, Riley, it's good to see you, buddy. That's, that's my, my little brother in Christ, Riley. He just returned from boot camp. And uh, there's a proud mama and a proud Mario and a proud sister. I'm so happy to have you back. God bless you guys. Say hello to Riley on the way out because uh, he's an American hero. We got other heroes in here too, my brother. So now the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Holy Night is our closing song on page five.